Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, hope all of you are doing well and enjoying time with your loved ones. Uh, just going to do a very brief episode. The slate changed dramatically uh, with the postponement of the Steelers-Ravens game. So you only got a two-game slate for Thanksgiving in the NFL uh, as uh, you have the early game with uh, the Lions uh, playing the Texans, and then you have uh, Washington uh, traveling to Dallas to play the Cowboys. I mean, honestly, th- you could make a case that these are the four teams in a worse position than even the New York Giants. Uh, you know, uh, it's 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 actually sad to say that in that fashion, like moving forward long term, uh, that these teams could actually be in a worse position than the Giants. But uh, yeah, I could actually make a case for all four of those teams being in a worse position. But yeah, in terms of a DFS perspective, not having the uh, third game makes this an extremely difficult slate to predict just because from the early game. You're going to get different route combinations for a bunch of scrub players because both the Texans and the Lions are terrible teams. Defensively, they could stop the run, yet are both bad defenses, so they're going to give up passing yards. But there's no one that I would particularly want to own uh, outside of uh, Will Fuller uh, and Brandon Cooks on the Texans side. On the Lions side, I know people are going to want to play Marvin Jones. I'm... I'm kind of forced to play Marvin Jones just because Marvin Hall, uh, Quentin Cephas, uh, like uh, some of those guys are just garbage. And, you know, everyone's going to want to pile into playing TJ Hawkinson because we we still don't know if DeAndre Swift is going to be cleared from percu- uh, concussion protocols to actually be involved in this. And that's the big question mark. If Swift was at least available, I can make a case that, uh, you know, you could uh, keep uh, uh, Swift in there as a possibility. But the problem is, is that without Swift in there, it makes it very difficult to recommend anyone on the Lions side. Uh, if Swift was there, then yeah. But now, if you have the possibility of Swift being out, that means you're going to see carries from Adrian Peterson, on Johnson. They might call up Jonathan Williams on the Lions side. It's like... Why you would even consider playing Jonathan Williams if you're the Lions is beyond me, unless you're trying to tank these games away. Uh, you know, I, I just don't get it. So I, I would just honestly say punt. The, uh, like, it's no longer a three-game slate. It's a two-game slate. So, you know, this is the rare occasion where I would just say punt the slate uh, for the two-game slate and just... You know, if you want to play DFS uh, just to have a distraction during uh, the the holiday while you're eating turkey and all the other good stuff, uh, just play a showdown slate uh, between uh, Washington and Dallas because I really don't find anything too attractive in the two-game slate that you're going to see a whole lot of 
interest that you're going to get a ton of edge. Like this is going to be one of those slates where I feel as though the lineup is going to be so chalky that you're splitting it with, you know, dozens or even 50 people at once. Like you're going to see a huge block of people going up and down the standings. And realistically, you know, depending on how large or small the tournament is, you know, with you splitting it that many ways, it's just, there's not a whole lot of benefit to it unless you just want to have fun. Now, on my end, because of, you know, where this slate originally lined up and, you know, most of us uh, uh, locking in uh, lineups early on, we don't really have a choice of withdrawing our uh, entries on uh, DraftKings and FanDuel, so you're kind of stuck with what you got and make it work. Uh, but for casual fans, this is actually one of those recommendations where I would just tell you to pass. Uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things where I don't see a tremendous amount of value on the slate itself. Now, when it comes to the showdown slate uh, and you just want to mess around with uh, the Cowboys in Washington, here's where I think you can make things a little bit more interesting. You know. I think that there's there is a pathway where you can get there on a showdown slate by fading Ezekiel Elliott entirely. Washington has one of the better defensive lines uh in the NFC when Chase Young is in there and I think they're pretty good at least compared to anyone else <laughs> any of these three other teams you're going to see defensively and maybe the Cowboys are back. I have no idea if the, the Cowboys defense is going to show up two uh, two games in a row. But, uh, you know, I think Washington has the best defensive line overall of these four teams. Now, it just kind of comes down to the fact that, you know, do we think uh, from a standpoint that, uh, you know, Zeke uh, can get there from a value perspective? He's going to be so heavily owned that in a two-game slate, yeah, we don't want to play Lions running backs, especially if Swift is out. Uh, you know, I could see people playing Adrian Peterson if Swift ends up being out. I, I just I just can't. <laughs> it's like I can't. It would hurt my soul too much to play Adrian Peterson at this stage, uh, even though uh, Adrian Peterson ha- would have the potential of goal line carries. Adrian Peterson, for all intents and purposes, is not going to rush for anything more than 40 yards. Uh, in uh, in any point of the game today, uh, you know, even if he gets a touchdown, you're at such a low ceiling. But yeah, it could end up being in the optimal just because of how bad this slate uh, figures to be from a fantasy uh, production standpoint uh, without the Steelers and Ravens involved. But, you know, I'm just saying from a showdown perspective, if you're trying to win a, a slate, it, you know, we don't actually have like a Millie maker or anything of that sort uh, lined up for a showdown today for Thanksgiving. All of it was tied up in the three-game slate, which is now a two-game slate. So it is what it is. But I would say a pathway would be fading Ezekiel Elliott entirely. And if you want to go a Cowboys passing game uh, and do different combinations involving Andy Dalton, C.D. Lamb, and Amari Cooper... That's one way to go, or you could, instead of doing two wide receivers, you could do a wide receiver and Dalton Schultz to tight end with Dalton. That's another way to go. I wouldn't necessarily play Andy Dalton. I wouldn't necessarily play 
Andy Dalton unless you have uh, multiple uh, uh, receivers. So I think any build with Andy Dalton has to have two wide receivers. Uh, you know, I, I just don't think he gets there unless uh, you got a couple of receivers going off. So, you know, and actually that was the other thing about this slate that I didn't talk about. Uh, the real other reason why I don't like this slate, the two game slate is the Sean Watson far and away is the best QB on the slate far and away from a fantasy potential standpoint. Stafford has not shown the way the Lions are running their offense. Stafford has not shown that he has any potential of actually even getting close to two or three touchdown passes, which is the only way he could be optimal. Whereas Deshaun uh, Watson can still scramble and can still uh, uh, generate offense uh, in different ways with a rushing touchdown or just throwing it deep. I, you know, I just think that it, it makes far more sense going with Deshaun Watson over any other quarterback in this slate because I already said I don't have any interest in uh, Alex Smith and Andy Dalton could technically get there because his wide receivers are good enough to get touchdown passes. Uh, if there's a scenario where uh, Washington stacks against the run against Zeke and opens up the outside. However, I am going to say one thing about this today itself in terms of uh, the NFL and where things shape up, you know, standings wise. This is probably the biggest game of the year for the Cowboys because if the Cowboys can at least get a win over Washington. They could put the pressure on, and as ridiculous as it sounds, uh, put the pressure on the Eagles and the Giants to get to four wins at the end of the week. Oh, my goodness. The NFC East is so bad. However, with the news of Joe Burrow's season-ending injury, technically, the NFC East might actually win or might actually get to seven wins this year. I mean, again, it depends on it depends on how uh, things uh, uh, shape up uh, in terms of uh, you know the slate uh, the slate itself. Uh, if if Washington wins, because you know all the NFC East teams are at three wins, the Eagles are only in first place. Because of the tie that they had against Cincinnati. If the other teams get wins over Cincinnati now that Burrow's gone. And, you know, again, the tie is the only thing saving the Eagles. The Eagles actually have to start winning out. Uh, This is where it it, kind of... Man, this division is so terrible. It's so bad to even comment on... This is why I hate this slate. (laughs) Like, I want to get out of this slate, but I can't. Because I already uh, put the money into the slate to begin with. Um, But yeah, so this is actually one of the, as ridiculous as it sounds, one of the biggest games of the year because of the fact that literally a one-game lead in this division, well, technically it'd be a half-game lead, but it's it's almost considered insurmountable because none of these teams can actually get to eight wins this year unless there's a miracle happens and somehow... Uh, one of these teams gets hot and uh, runs the table at the very end to get uh, to get five wins to get to eight wins. I, I don't see it happening. Se- seven wins is a stretch, but the only way you get to seven it are the teams that haven't actually played the Bengals yet. And now with Joe Burrow out, uh, there's going to be more opportunities to get wins. 
I mean, it's just, this is a mess. An absolute mess. So, with that being said, uh, you have uh, you have a couple of uh, other things you, we could talk about, but by and by and large, the, the 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 biggest thing I would say is you have to kind of look at this uh, from the standpoint of you know trying to balance what you're going to do from a slate perspective. And and as I said, I think the most logical way of going about it, if you're trying to be different to, and actually win something, is you got to try to go in a different direction, and that means not playing Ezekiel Elliott. You can't really do it from a two-game slate because there's no one even remotely interesting in this Lions-Texans game to do it with. So you're stuck with playing Zeke. In the two-game slate, but I think uh, the way to go about it is going after things in showdown mode and then pivoting uh, away from Zeke. That's how you get different. So that's all I got. It's nothing all that inspiring or insightful. Uh, wish I had something more worthwhile, but uh, it's it's really difficult to kind of... Uh, Make uh, make it work from a uh, from a DFS uh, perspective this week, and then from a regular fantasy standpoint, uh, the only guys I would say you should be playing from a regular fantasy standpoint would be Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks. Everybody else, you know, I don't even think Zeke is a must start this week because I have my doubts about the Cowboys' uh, offensive line matching up against Washington. Now again, you're you're probably stuck with playing some of your top line guys, but if you have good players and substitutes, it's not the worst thing in the world to say, "Hey, I'm going to bench Zeke because now that we're in uh, the last two weeks of the the regular season, a number of leagues, you have to start making decisive decisions, and just because of where you drafted a guy doesn't dictate that you have to start him every week especially if they're very inconsistent, which is what Zeke has been this year because the offensive line has been absolutely hot garbage. I'm just saying, it's just a different way of looking at it. You know, you don't have to follow what I'm telling you, uh, suggesting to you. It's just another way of kind of putting things in perspective because, you know, as we kind of wind down the regular season for fantasy, you have to kind of uh, put things in perspective where, you're not going to lock yourself into a play just because you drafted a guy high and and Zeke's in that spot. I don't trust the Cowboys. So if I have guys like a, a you know, whether it's a, a James Robinson in Jacksonville, you know, guys who are going to get different volume. And even if you've got a case where, you know, the Saints are going to be playing Atlanta, there should be an opportunity to do uh, different ways of attacking uh, attacking that slate, even though Taysom's not a real QB. I already went over this last episode. Taysom's not a real QB. He got two rushing touchdowns. It, it puts Michael Thomas in a very awkward spot. But would I play Michael Thomas in fantasy this week? Yes. Because Atlanta's defense is that awful, and Taysom can throw short passes that it, it, it could get done that way. So 
I I think that there's a, a very uh, real possibility that you could have a monster game from some of the Saints players that did not go off last week, like uh, Kamara or Thomas, even though Taysom is going to be at QB again. And Taysom's not an actual NFL QB, but that's a, you know, we already went over that and no need to rehash it. Uh, we're not, we're not, and Taysom did pay off for DFS last week. It's not going to be the case this week because now he's priced up again. So, uh, you know, you, yeah, I can find other ways of getting there without Taysom. So I'm not going to go crazy uh, with uh, the allocation to Taysom like it was last week. Last week it made sense because the math and salary-wise worked out from a DFS perspective. Uh, he paid off in DFS and regular fantasy, but that was more of a one-off. So that's going to do it for the show uh, today, folks. Uh, again, not too much to talk about from the Thanksgiving slate because of the postponement of the Ravens game. Uh, the one thing I should say, though, is that be very careful with that Ravens-Steelers game because if the Ravens have more positive cases, there's a very real chance that that game gets postponed entirely. And then you, if you've got... Uh, it, because we're already down to having Gus Edwards, uh, people spending a lot of money on Gus Edwards uh, either through waiver wire or uh, fab money uh, for the regular season. Like, if you have Ravens players that you're relying upon, you should make sure that you have viable alternatives because this could come down to a very real situation where that Sunday night game, uh, well, they they didn't necessarily say it was going to be Sunday night, but they said postponed to Sunday and it's, uh, because they already have the uh, – the uh, the um, the Buccaneers and Chiefs game scheduled for Sunday night, but they could push the Steelers Ravens game into the four o'clock window on Sunday. So again, you know, if it goes into the four o'clock window and the Ravens still, ha- you know, I think they would postpone it before then. But just be ready, just be ready to have other players in K in in play because. <laughs> I have a feeling that the Ravens might actually get more positive cases. And in that uh, situation, you're pretty much up the creek if you did not plan ahead. So you got to at least have some pivots in mind. And, you know, you can get the Denzel Mims of the world, the Tim Patricks of the world from a wide receiver perspective to go in your flex spots. You're not going to find too many running backs at this stage, unfortunately. Uh you know, it that's just the nature of fantasy football in 2020. So if you need to pivot in the running back spots, that uh, hopefully you already uh, planned out your team roster in a better fashion uh, because uh, you're already going to be down a couple of players uh, because it was only going to be Gus Edwards. And on the Steelers side, James Conner has been so disappointing that one would think you would have had alternatives already in play because of how underwhelming the Steelers rushing attack has been. So like I said, if anything, it's going to be the folks that had the Steelers passing attack and you're probably going to have to rely upon the Tim Patrick's of the world, the Denzel Mims of the world. Uh, you may have to go with a Mecole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson on the chiefs because that would be the Sunday night game. So at least you, you have some pivots. I'm just saying, be prepared because this situation could turn on a dime ahead of Sunday. So that's all for now. I'm going to go grab some grub. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I hope you 
get to at least, uh, you know, even if you're not there physically with your loved ones, at least get a chance to interact with them in some way, shape, or form. Uh, be safe. Uh, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And until next time, uh, be well. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.